ABU fam, people, Facebook, what's up? Pastor Furman, ABU, Arnold Benson Unified Church. Let me know where you're from. Let me know who you are. Let me know how life is. If you need prayer requests, you need anything, man, of course, we want to be here to help you in any way that we can. So let us know. But you see the shirt. I got good vibes today. I'm ready for today's message. I hope that you are too. I hope you got your notes, got your coffee, and you're ready to dive into today's word because I'm ready to give it. And, and I want to talk about something that's probably, especially this past week, I know for sure, it's been gaining a lot of attention. They're probably like, ooh, what is it? It's not what you're thinking. All right. Let me start off by saying, man, if you knew something wasn't good for you, it would make sense to avoid it, right? Like, what's the point of putting yourself in a position that it can be harmful to you or isn't in your favor? It makes common sense, right? But if you've been on social media, you've probably seen it. You've had to have seen it, no matter what social media platform it's on. I'm talking about the milk carton, milk crate challenge. You know what I'm talking about? Where they got the milk crates and they got them all stacked up and people are walking across them and I'm sure you've seen the videos, man. People busting themselves and getting all kinds of jacked up left and right. I know you've shared some laughs. I've had some laughs. You've probably had those thoughts like, man, I could do this right. Or you've been like, man, them people is dumb. Like, that is pointless. Like, people would be doing anything nowadays. Because I was seeing that, and I'm not being honest with you. I was laughing. I thought to myself those same things. Man, God spoke to me something. That I was like, ooh, I guess that's what we're talking about this week. You see, the truth is, even if we aren't the ones doing the challenge, we could still be the source of our own demise. It could be because of us. And today's message is called, watch your step. Just like they need to watch their step, right? When they're walking on those crates, it didn't take much to throw them off balance to get hurt. Man, that's us. And God wants to prevent you from sabotaging yourself by focusing on how you are walking with him. So let me pray. And we're going to jump into Luke 18 today. Jesus is going to be sharing a story. It's going to be short, but it's going to be impactful. I can't wait to dive in. But of course, let me pray and we'll jump in. Uh, Father, I just thank you for this opportunity of today, Lord. Uh, man, I, I pray for those that may be going through a hard time. Maybe they've lost a loved one. Um, whatever the circumstances is, Lord, um, man, it, it's not hidden from you. Um, so I just pray that they would know um, that you are still on the throne, that you are still with them, that you are still a good God. And no matter what is coming against them, it's not greater than what they have for them. And so, Lord, I just pray this right now, uh, that this message, that your words will just be soothing to our minds to our hearts but also just help us um, ease the burden that we tend to put on ourselves and, and to walk ourselves in so lord help us watch our steps so that way we can glorify you and we just love you and we thank you and pray this in jesus name speak to us amen luke 18 uh we're gonna be reading verses 9 through 14 so it's not a huge passage but like i said man it's definitely uh, an impactful one, and I'm ready to jump in. So it says, Then Jesus told 
to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. He told a story. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was the Pharisees and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers, and I'm certainly not like the tax collector. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector, he stood at a distance. He dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful, for I am a sinner. I tell you, the sinner, not the Pharisees, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Mm. So Jesus is sharing a story, right? It's a story about prayer, but it's also a story about faith, about our walk. And there's a lot that we could pull back from. But the first thing I want you to catch and notice and to take with you today is, doesn't the story hit different when it's about you? The story hits different when it's about you. Verse 9, it says, Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Mm. So we see this story is directed at a group that probably needed to hear it to receive the message, right? And one thing you learn over time when you have a relationship with Jesus is he's going to share what needs to be heard. It's not always going to be what you want to hear. It's not always going to be comfortable, right? And a lot of times he's sharing some knowledge. He's pulling us behind the curtain. He's revealing some things. Man, it's because we usually have a blind spot that he's trying to make us aware of. And we don't see it for ourselves. Mm. Jesus wants to make you aware of what you're missing. So you can address it. So you can correct it. Because you can't fix what you don't see. And you can't address what doesn't get brought up. There's a benefit to having a relationship with Jesus, right? That he's going to do that. He's going to give us the awareness that we need, that we lack. He's going to reveal those blind spots that we have. And I once heard this phrase and it kind of this phrase and it kind of reminded me of it. It was talking about taking a bath, but it was saying, you know, if you wait to take a bath until you smell yourself, man, then then it's already too late, then it's way overdue because everybody else has already been smelling you. And it reminded me of this because Man, that's what great confidence in yourself can do, is it can make us blind to how we smell and how we stink towards others. Amen? And usually by the time that we figure it out, man, everyone else has already you know, been knowing about it. They've been putting it up. They've been affected by it. And who was Jesus talking to? He was talking to those that need to hear it. So there's a lot of times that we're with Jesus, that we're spending time with him. And he's going to talk directly to us because we need it as well. So next time Jesus is saying something to you, man, man he's giving you a great revelation about something. You probably need to examine yourself because it's directed to you for a reason. And we know, man, when we're the ones getting charged up, when people are, are in our face, they're telling us like it is about ourselves then it's easier uh, to not overlook it and to pay attention to it. So it hits different when it's about you. Amen. Verse 10, it says, Two men went to the temple to pray. One was the Pharisees and the other 
was a despised tax collector. Mm. I found it interesting that he started off saying two men went to pray. He didn't say, well, a Pharisees and a tax collector, because he wasn't addressing them by the labels, right? And that's something, uh, before anything else in this world, we're God's creation. And understanding that and viewing ourselves in that lens gives us the opportunity to see others in that same light, in that same perspective, that we're all made in His image. That we're all designed to reflect him. And when you become a follower of Jesus, not only are, are you supposed to, you know, understand that and gain that wisdom, but then you have responsibility to be living by that, right? And what is our nature? Our nature usually goes against everything God wants us to do. We go against the grain. We do the complete opposite a lot of times. And when we allow ourselves to do that, man. In the process, we're going to end up treating people harshly and being ugly when we shouldn't. And the enemy loves that because that means his job is a whole lot easier because we're the ones doing the wounds, right? We're self-inflicting ourselves. We're the ones causing harm to the body, to the church as well. So he could just sit back and watch and just be like, man, look at these fools. They don't even realize how they're making my job easier. And I think about like the time in the world that we live in today and all the turmoil and all the things that are going on. Like there should be no better time than now to be a believer, right? To be a Christian, to be a church, because we should be the ones bringing a, a banner of peace, of love, of mercy and grace and spreading it and being those things. But let's keep it real. If we're honest, it doesn't take much to look around and not see that being displayed. Instead, what will be fine? We find people arguing and bickering. If you get the shot, if you don't get the shot, if you wear a mask, you don't wear a mask, who they voted for. Oh, you believe that president, you should have voted for this. Oh, man. And what happens? We're causing all this division. And in the process, we start questioning each other's faith. Well, you must not really trust God. Like you say, or man, I don't think you as strong as the believer as you like. Who are we to have that? Does that sound like that's bringing harmony in the body? Does that sound like us spreading love and peace and, and kindness to each other or even to others? Nah, oh, man. man. Believers are probably looking and they're like, man, these Christians want us to get along with them when they can't even get along with each other. That's sad. But that's the reality. That's the truth. And at the end of the day, just like Jesus addressed it, two men went to pray. The titles given to us by this world, they don't define who we are in God's kingdom, who we are in his presence, who we are as his children. We need to understand that. Because it's powerful to have that perspective. It's powerful to have Jesus the center of your life. Because everything else flows from that in, in a way that's going to benefit you. Back in the day, man, when you lived around Jerusalem, that was the reason they went to the temple to pray because it was the center of their worship. It helped them align themselves with God. It helped them focus and get in the right mind frame so they could do what honor and what pleased Him. Man, we need the same thing because when we go to God for help, man, we need Him to help be the center in our life, right? And when we stay away, man... What we keep to ourselves, we end up making ourselves a sinner. And then we start to create blind spots 
or there never once was. So Jesus is always going to keep it real. He's going to speak what needs to be heard. And we all know that it's, it's, it's easy to listen and to learn when we're watching somebody else going through it and we're looking at their story. Because a lot of times when the story is about us, we want to run. We want to hide. We want to retreat. We want to avoid it. But we need to learn to embrace it so we can address it. It's okay when the story is about us. We got to look at it as a positive that we need to hear that so that way we can grow and be better from it. Because he can make right what we make wrong. Amen. Second thing we see is self-righteousness. Man, is self-sabotage. Self-righteousness is self-sabotage. Mess you up, man, by your own hand. Verse 11, it says, the Pharisee stood by himself and he prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like the other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers, and I'm certainly not like the tax collector. <laughs> now, I want you to know, like, man, we should always praise God for what he's brought us from. Right. And a lot of times when you're praying like it, man, it's OK to be reflecting on the things that he's done in your life and what he's done, because there's a lot of times that I'm praying and I'm just man, reminded that. Man, God has been good to me. I'm, I'm thankful that I'm not who I used to be. I'm thankful for the things that he's done in my life and that I know that he still will do. Like that's that's OK. Uh, we, we need to have that that perspective in our life. But what we see taking place here is even though he started off saying, man, I thank you, God. He quickly went from praying to God to praising himself. Right. And what did we just talk about? Man, the people went to the temple to go praise because they were trying to realign themselves, right? And make sure that God is the center of their worship. It's the same reason that people go to church nowadays. Not the main reason, but one of the reasons, right? When we're feeling lost, we're feeling down. We go to church because we're like, you know what? I need to get myself right with God. I need to realign myself. I need to make sure that I'm prioritizing and I'm making him the center of my worship. But that's not what we see here. Man, he's making himself the center. And when he does that, oof, man, he quickly goes downhill in a hurry. Because what did he start doing? He started announcing and making sure that people around him could hear what he was saying. Well, I'm not like this, and I'm not this, and I'm not that. Mm. He started to demonstrate the standard that he was going by. He started saying, you know what? If I aimed... To be better than these select group of people. Then I'm good. And if I'm good in that aspect. Then surely God is pleased with me. So he was setting a standard. Uh, you know by people. Versus the standard that God had for him. That's a dangerous place. Right? Because self-righteousness is dangerous. Especially when it's like that. Because what did he start doing? He was putting other people down. He was despising them. He was placing himself above God. Man. And that's the dangers right there. It could grow out of trouble. You can start belittling others, talking down, making everything about yourself. You begin to lose sight, man, of how your actions are wrong. You'll affect the work that God is trying to do in your life and even those that he puts to cross paths with you. The crazy thing is you could just see like he felt good about it. He didn't feel that he was wrong. 
And he didn't realize how he was probably making others feel the opposite. And then he continues this. The next verse, verse 12, he says this. I fast twice a week and I give you a tenth of my income. (laughs) That sounds more like a person that is full of themselves than they are of God. Right? I mean, that statement shows how wrapped up he was in himself. But also, let's be real. That that could be us too. And, And when it is us, man, not only are we going to put people down, but we're going to start wanting recognition for things that we're supposed to do in the first place. That aren't really a big thing. Man. God may have been trying to use them in that moment to go in and to be an extension of him to that tax collector. But he was so blind and so caught up within himself that he probably had the opposite effect to him. Mm. That's the dangers of self-righteousness. That's who we can become in moments when God is trying to use us, not even realizing it. When I was younger, there was times that I felt God draw me to go to church. Okay. I couldn't explain it, but I was like, you know what? I have to go to church and I will go to church. And there were some churches that I went to in those moments that I felt drawn that I don't think it was the wise, the wisest places. Or maybe it was the place I needed to go so I could share stories like this. But I went and what ended up happening is people would look at me kind of crazy. I could hear them talking about me and I felt the opposite of what I was seeking in that moment. And so instead of me drawing closer to God, man, I ended up saying, man, forget this people, forget God. Like, man, I wasted my time doing this. So I was like, I don't need God. It pulled me in the opposite direction. Hmm. That's the danger, church, of self-righteousness. We have to be careful of how we're acting because we never know who it's affecting. The first person that's going to hurt, it's going to be you. It's going to be ourselves. But right after that, though, it's going to get spread to those around us and those uh, that were innocent had nothing to do with it. Mm. So don't let pride and your achievements drift you away from God. Don't let it shift your focus. Don't let it, it turn, uh, start creating distance between you and God. Or you'll find yourself placing yourself above God, making it about yourself, trusting in yourself. Because all it's going to do is going to turn your life into a house of cards. And have you ever seen a house, right? Somebody stacking the cards and they make an awesome looking house. Like those things look really cool, right? It looks magnificent. It looks stable. It looks like, man, that, that's amazing. But we all know, man, as soon as it get hit, what happens? It's going to come crashing down. It's not stable. It's not, uh, man, it's not going to be able to withstand the things that are going to come. Well, the same is true for us. Self-righteousness is self-sabotage. It can start off small. It can go unnoticed. It can feel like you're still doing things the right way. But over time, as it grows, continues to gain momentum, it's going to turn into a monster. And it won't be too long before it starts devouring every area of your life. Third thing we see here is humility prevents stupidity. Humility prevents stupidity. We want to stop that. Humility prevents stupidity. Humility is a key. Verse 13, it says, But the tax collector, he stood at a distance. He dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, O God, 
Be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. Mm. The tax collector knew who he was. He knew what he'd done in his life. And that the standard of righteousness that mattered the most, right? Unlike the Pharisees that was was going by people's standard. He said, man, it's God. God's standard is what matters the most. And he knew how far he fell short of that. That his only hope was God's grace. We need that same awareness of who we are and who God is. That same understanding, man, it's going to keep you from placing yourself above others, from placing yourself above God. But it's also going to help you treat everybody with respect and love like we should. Because that's our responsibility. No matter who the other person is, no matter what they believe, no matter what they stand for, no matter how they live, we're called to reflect God, to reflect Jesus, to be love to everyone. We all have baggage. We're all sinners. And the truth is, by God's standard, we're all equally guilty of falling short. And he shows us here that he understood that we need that understanding. And then we see where he stood, right? It says that, man, he, he stood at a distance. Even that just revealed his recognition about what we're talking about. That he couldn't even get himself to, to go further, too far into the temple. Uh, because he just knew, man, it was a blessing to be even allowed in. When you could identify what God, man, has brought you to versus where you were by your own hand, or the things that you were once were, man, you appreciate everything in life a lot differently. You don't take it for granted. You see the goodness and the presence in every situation. Man, that that right there alone, it helps you make sure that you don't miss out uh, uh, on getting God's best in this life and experiencing His goodness. Man, humility, I'm telling you. Then we look at His posture. He wasn't trying to draw attention to Himself like the Pharisees and making it about Himself, making sure people could hear what He's saying. Nah. He didn't even want to look up when he was praying. And he was just showing the, the level of respect and reverence that he had for God. Because you know when you have a high respect for someone else, you treat them differently. You do. You value what they say. You value what they think. You want to make sure that you come correct. So you focus more intently. You listen more carefully. You're more thoughtful in your replies and your response and what you say. You're more thorough in the way that you're processing it all. Mm. That's a benefit of humility. And then finally, he, when he finally gets to him praying, we even see that the things he was speaking were expressing humility. Because what did he do? He let out his emotions. He didn't hide from them or deny them. He released them. And in doing so, Man, we see that he was aligning his perspective with God, understanding who he is, who God was, and that everything that he was speaking, it wasn't just empty words, man, but they carried a weight of sincereness. It was complete opposite of what the Pharisees had done. Man, that's what humility can do. It can prevent you from being stupid, right? Prevent stupidity. 
prevents us from self-sabotaging ourselves. Verse 14, he says, I tell you, the sinner, not the Pharisees, return home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves will be exalted. That's a powerful verse. And it's one that you find in, in the New Testament that Jesus repeats when he's talking about pride. Because pride is the devil, right? Pride will bring you down. But being humble, it, it has the opposite effect. And by doing it, being humble, uh, it's going to keep you from having pride that way. And I like to say the word stupid because I, I think we kind of label things stupid. Man, that's stupid or you're stupid. And usually when we say something is stupid, it's because that thing that we were talking about, that action, that person, everything we were talking about was preventable. It didn't have to happen. And I'm sure that those men that decided, you know what, I want to be a Pharisees, their intent wasn't for their own personal gain. It wasn't to glorify themselves. Man, they did it probably to, to justify themselves uh, with God, right? To be living up to his standard. Because one of the things you, you learn when you decide to walk in that light, in that calling, is that you're going to be held more accountable and responsible for your actions and for what you do. So you don't go into that for your own personal gain. You go into that because you realize, man, I want to honor God. I, I want to live a life that, that does my best in glorifying Him. So I'm sure that's how it started off for them. But the dangers of self-righteousness is when you allow it to grow in your life, eventually it could take over your life. It can consume you. And just because over time you begin to change, it doesn't mean that God changes or a standard changes. It doesn't. Justice is always going to get served at the end of the day. And God is going to be the one dishing out the plates. He's going to be giving you exactly what you deserve. He's going to give me exactly what I deserve. And it's something that we can't run from. It's something that we can't hide from. And it's something that we can't place the blame on anybody else. Because at the end of the day, we choose what we decide to do. It's on us. So if you want to stay away from getting humbled, you do it by being humble. Right? Humility prevents stupidity. It keeps our perspective aligned with God. Our actions reflecting His love and our life avoiding things that are preventable. So my challenge for all of us, you've probably guessed what it is after I'm kind of voicing all these things. Be humble. Being humble is the key, right? Be humble. So how do we do that? Well, it starts with our relationship with Jesus and what we're investing into it and what we're pouring in. Because the more that we invest, the more time we spend in it, the more that Jesus is going to be truthful with us in a way that is revealing, that is going to show our blind spots, right? It's in a way that the, he's going to make the story about you, about me. And we know the story is different when it's about us because it's something that we need to address. We need to learn to embrace it instead of trying to run from it because it's a great opportunity to get better and make something right that we made wrong. Amen. And we know self-righteousness is self-sabotage. There's no benefits in the short term and the long term. The only thing that is guaranteed is that it's going to continue to grow. And if we allow it to continue to grow, it's going to grow out of control. It's going to consume us. It's going to tear us down. And it's going to affect so many people 
on the path that it leads us. Being humble replaces it. It keeps us from doing that. Because it doesn't have to take place. That doesn't have to be our life. That doesn't have to be who we become. We don't have to be that Pharisees. Because humility prevents stupidity. It prevents us from doing that. And it gives us the tools that we need to overcome those moments. So we're being kind. We're being loving. We're having the right perspective. We're representing Jesus in the right way. We're receiving what he's speaking to us and not ignoring it. We're being exalted because we're being humble. Instead of getting it humbled because we're trying to exalt ourselves. I pray this touched you today. I pray it brought some things into perspective. And I pray it helps all of us be more humble. So that way in a time like this. That we can love people in a way that honors God. And leads people to him. So they can receive the same benefits that we've had in this relationship. Of overcoming ourselves. Of making things right in our world. And man. Just experiencing things that we don't deserve. And that are blessings beyond measure. Let me pray. Father I just thank you. Uh, That a lot of times we lack the answers and the things that we need. Uh, But you are willing to not only supply us with it, but to walk with us through it, to equip us with it, to show us how to live this out, but then also help us implement it, apply it to our life. And so, Lord, I, I just pray that you would help us be humble. I thank you for moments like this where you do humble us. Where you do reveal things that we keep missing because you love us enough to tell us the truth and want to see us get better. So, Father, I pray that, uh, man, we would just do so as a body, as believers in a time like this. uh, Man, that we would be the people that would be humbled. That we would be the ones exalting you so that we, those that are in need can receive the same thing that we've had. A love that is unconditional. A love that covers our sins. A love that is transformational. A love that is undeniable. So, Father, I just thank you. Be with my brothers and sisters this week. Help us walk out the things that you have revealed to us today. And, man, you get all the glory in all of this. We love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, church. I love you. Have a great week. Let's be humble. Man, let's love people well. Let's represent the kingdom and God. Have a great week. Bye.